Hi, you are listening to Asian Skycast, the show that brings you the most updated aviation industry insights. Last panel is, uh, if you will, probably appropriately talking a little bit about, uh, if you will, integrated technology platforms, and if you will, their, their place in our industry, how we can use them, take advantage of them, people's people's reaction to them, uh, user cases, this type of thing. So I've got I've got Alec, Alec Bernitska from Portside. I think you've uh, from some of the other earlier panels heard about Portside, but uh, we, if you will, have got the man ourselves here to talk about it. And then, uh, as I said, we've also got Mike, Mike Combs, who is from uh, the My Gather people. Sorry, the MyTraverse people who are the platform operators that we're all in at the moment. And so they're both going to talk about, uh, about as I said, integrated technology platforms as sort of a last note before we, uh, we wrap up the three days. And whereas uh, certainly, like I said, we heard about Portside earlier, but maybe as I had as my first question to you was just a little bit of the background about Portside and, and what is it that you do, okay? Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, we started the company three years ago and are an integrated technology platform that pulls data from scheduling, maintenance, accounting, finance, and makes the data actionable for aircraft owners and operators alike. And over the last three years, we deployed the platform to about 2,000 aircraft uh, in about 25 different countries. Um, uh, roughly 150 operators use us, both internally and with their customers. You know, and the operators range in size from, uh, you know, a few aircraft corporate flight department all the way uh, to large global operators like Jet Aviation who has, you know, over 400 aircraft on the platform and everything in between. Right. From, uh, you know, corporate uh, aircraft to charter aircraft to industrial fleets such as oil and gas or air medical evacuations. Effectively, we make the data useful. And if a company is, is drowning in data and doesn't doesn't quite know how, you know, is not able to make business decisions based on the data, we make it much easier. Yeah, I mean, I obviously spent some time on, on the website, understanding a little, well, trying to understand a little bit yeah. better what you, what Portside does. And you make a big point out of uh, not recreating the wheel, if I can use that expression, but just providing the chassis, if you will, to bring them all together, sort of fair. Okay. And that, Certainly what I saw on the website sort of, you know, like I said, said we, we take systems that you're using already and, and, and if you will, make them talk to one another and hopefully, as you just pointed out, get the useful information that you need. That, that, that's exactly right. We are not asking operators to switch out scheduling systems or accounting. It's not needed. Those systems are deployed and they work well. What's missing is making these systems work together to enable the dispatcher, the owner, the, the pilot to accomplish the things that they want to accomplish in an easy and streamlined way. And that's what we've been able to accomplish. Yeah. And I'm going to emphasize that easy and streamlined way. Because obviously the next question I was going to say is what, what do you think is that important aspect of, of, of Portside? What are you delivering to the customer at the end of the day? Well, so that really depends uh, on the customer, right? You know, a pilot uh, cares about certain things. A dispatcher cares about something else. The aircraft owner cares about something else. And, you know, they're all different. Some operations care about efficiency. Some operations care about accuracy. Some operations care about 
uh, transparency of the data, both internally and to their customers. So the business outcomes that each operator has in mind are different. Uh, but the way to accomplish those business outcomes is the same. Um, and that's, and that's what, that we do. That's what we do. We make, you know, a data lake that everybody is drowning in actionable for them in a way that's secure and in a way that's targeted to each person. And your system, uh, again, is cloud-based as well. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of funny when I was looking at putting the panel together that may not seem that there are a lot of similarities between Alec and and, and Juliana is now, uh, uh, and Mike, okay, Mike. Uh, but actually, you, you both sort of talk the same language, but obviously have different platforms. And so now sort of shifting over to Mike, we don't really need an explanation of what you do, uh, but because we're, we're in your platform now. But as you and I both know, there's there's a lot more to it and a lot more to Let's Gather and a lot more to Mitiverse than just this platform. Uh, you guys uh, cater to a lot of other user cases as well. So. Absolutely. So, so we work with customers that want to showcase their products. Um, you know, everything from tiny little packaging and K cups that they want to have in a virtual world, so they don't have to send as many samples out to um, to to jets. Something that's difficult for customers to come and see and expensive to to travel. Um, in addition to that, we have use cases where customers are looking to do training and job simulations. Uh, and then events like this one as well. Yeah, and it's very much an integrated technology platform too. It's a, it's a, again, I think from what I understand of the workings, again, much like Alec, it's a, it's a, a bunch of, I'm not trying to make light of this, but uh, other systems that have been tied together on that platform, cloud-based to hopefully deliver for the customer, if you will, this seamless uh, opportunity for them uh, to, uh, in your case, showcase their product possibly. Yeah, and for us, it's it's the systems, right? And and Alex putting the systems together. For us, it's also more about the, the distributed workforce and how do we, you know, our customers are distributed now, our staffs are distributed. How do we find ways to engage them and pull them together? So so it's more about the, the kind of people side as well. And if I can ask, just to maybe put some perspective here, Alex, how, how long has Portside been around? Uh, about three years. Three years. Uh, and uh, on the market for about two years. So it took us about yeah. a year to build kind of right. version one. Yeah, no, no, I just, uh, and Mike, in your case? So we're a startup. Um, we're a very new company. This newest version of our product um, launched, I, I would say, Tuesday with the event. So, so <laughs> thank you for bearing with us. But yeah, we're, we're brand new to the space. Well, right. I mean, I, I got to say, it's working remarkably well for a new product. Yeah, everyone's now going, oh, so that's why. Oh, okay. It's not that bad, everyone. It wasn't that bad. Okay. Some unique so, challenges with events. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. For sure. And so in, I mean, obviously you started your your sort of dissertation here, Alec. Your, your market acceptance has been, I guess, you're a pretty happy guy. I am. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, how many clients did you say already? 100, 130? About 150 right. in, you know, all over the world. I mean, well over 20 countries. Right. And so I guess a big part of that is that easy and seamless that you're offering. Easy, easy to use and easy to deploy. It right. usually takes just a couple of days to go from nothing to, to something that works. Right. Longer, so, yeah. larger companies, but... Uh, sure. But sure. it's a quick deployment. Okay. All right. 
And so uh, for you, just before I, I pick on Mike again, uh, what are the what are the most common uh, roadblocks that you run into when you, you approach that customer for the first time? Because in, in my mind, both you, Alec and Mike, uh, you are offering, as you as, as we've, offered, we've said, uh, new platforms, uh, embracing those may be a challenge for some people. Coming, getting comfortable with it may be a challenge for some. So, uh, how do you how do you overcome those barriers? Yeah, no, I I think there's kind of two two challenges. Uh, one is you know when a customer sees what the product is able to do, most customers sign up, but it's very hard to explain uh, the value without. It's easier to show than to explain, which as it always is. And uh, you know. Once a customer is on board, the hardest thing probably is to integrate into legacy systems, um, uh, which we do quite well, but it's time consuming. Um, if somebody is using modern scheduling and accounting systems, you know, the implementation might take a couple of days. But if somebody is, is using custom-made systems or in-house systems, um, or there's a lot, of, a lot of different platforms that are being used, uh, typically at much larger companies, then, then it's a real challenge to pull all the data into one place, make sure that kind of that all the systems talk to each other as they've never, never had before. Uh, so it's, it's, it's certainly a challenge, but it's, um, we've done it many times and you know, at the end it's worth it. It's funny. with some of the words you were saying, I was going up, I'm sure Mike's going to say the same thing. Go ahead, Mike, say it. <laughs> so as far as barriers to entry, um, yeah. Alec, I'm sure that you run into the same challenges. For us, it's a lot of the same barriers you, you run into with any technology yeah. rollout. So you're putting in a CRM or an ERP or a VoIP system. It's about setting real expectations uh, with your internal stakeholders and your stuff. You know, how, how are you supposed to use this? What's my expectation for using it? Um, it, it you know, for us, it, it's really about getting that onboarding and training for your employees first to all of those things. Alec, I mean, your system sounds awesome if people are using it, right? So. Right. getting through that that first that first hurdle but then the other one for us it's a little unique is that there's a kind of a misconception when you see this technology that well this is probably hard to use for my technology averse people or uh, not to be ageist but if i've got older employees they might push back on this um and then you know jeff i saw a note that you ran into your 85 year old mother in the system she bumped into you here so you know we've got to get over that that assumption and and to alex point Getting them in, having them see it, and how easy it is yeah. to use—that's that's really gets them over it. But uh, on paper, you would assume that it's difficult to to get into. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's a true story. I didn't make that up. Okay, uh, and that was also—I mean—but you hit a, a very valid point. Uh, my eighty-five-year-old mother in Toronto is not exactly technologically savvy. Yet she still found a way to find herself standing in the lobby for me to go up to her and go, Mom, is that you? <laughs> and it was, okay. Uh, I've subsequently seen my sister, my brother, uh, my children have been on the platform as well. It's like, uh, what are you doing here, Steve? <laughs> Get off. So yeah, no, it's certainly accessible in that sense, for sure, for sure, for sure. So, um, But I, I agree with you on certainly when it comes to uh, Mitoverse. When we were certainly talking to a lot of the exhibitors originally, uh, they didn't grasp it at first. And, you know, as you said, a lot of other platforms out there that go under that virtual tag as well. And we got, you know, we certainly got roped into that as well and put into that same bucket. And it was only when they finally got onto the platform 
we're actually able to well experience it that the light bulb went off and it was like oh now i understand what you've been telling me this whole time and so uh, much like like alec was saying until that product is there you can sort of touch it run it through your fingers uh it's it's always a bit of a barrier but so also on your side i mean for the you have a lot of other user cases that you've had great success with to date as well. So. We do, and you had asked about acceptance, market acceptance with yeah, uh, exactly. with Alec, and, and you know, for us, it's being a new company. We're we've been blown away by the applications that customers are coming to us with. They're saying, "Hey, we could use it for this. We could do it with this," and it's it's kind of been been really um, eye opening for us. So. Um, but what we're seeing is is the biggest need for these these companies, and and I'm sure Alec and Jeff, you guys are running the same same thing. Is that post COVID, everyone is kind of wondering what happens next. And I, I just saw a McKinsey study that said three quarters of executives expect all core employees to be back in the office three or more days a week full time. But they did the same study with employees, and three quarters of employees expect to only go into the office you know, max three days a week. So they're expecting a hybrid or a fully remote post-COVID workforce. So there's that big dissonance and com companies are thinking, hey, you know, what do I need to do to, to continue working? Do we need to embrace Zoom? How do we manage a hybrid workforce, right? And so that's that's been one of the things driving people to us as well is they're trying to figure that out. What does that look like for us? Right. All right. So now now let's get our, uh, our uh, if you will, our, our forward-looking glasses on. And again, for me, both of you guys are, uh, as we talked about, integrated technology platforms. Data is king. Uh, if you had to, like, for your segment that you're in, Alec, where do you see that in two or three years? I mean, is it something that's going to morph into something even more? Artificial intelligence being involved. I, uh, who knows? I'm interested just to get your crystal ball look at where you think uh, the industry that you're in is heading, and then we'll do the same same with Mike. I, um, I, was, I was just going to say that while a lot of companies in our space are you know fully digitized, they're yep. still disconnected, yep. and many companies are still at least partially offline. I think in a couple of years' time. Almost everybody is going to be online, and companies that are online now and and are digitally enabled will probably be using a lot of AI tools. You know, be it for fuel, or be it for procurement, or crew optimization, or flight optimization. There are many, many um, parts of the business that could run a lot better with optimization. And many of these technologies have already been proven. Um, we have proven flight optimization and crew optimization for a number of customers, as have others. Um, so there are quite a few AI tools that, that will benefit, especially the larger operators. And, you know, these are proven technologies at this point. And once the systems are integrated, you can deploy them and, uh, you know, really transform your business, both from a revenue perspective and profitability perspective. I mean, these tools are really powerful. Okay. And, and Mike? Yeah, I was uh, muted there. Sorry. So in our space, um, I, I definitely see, especially uh, moving forward and, and companies having opened their eyes to a, a more of a hybrid workforce, uh, I predict that that this isn't going away. Um, you know, a, a companies are starting to explore 
cheaper ways to show their products. It, it, let me give you a perfect example. Coming from the manufacturing space, like a lot of the attendees are um, in a previous life, my close rate was 30% higher if I could get someone in to do a site visit and tour the factory. And it, it was difficult to do. So using a digital space to, to recreate that experience, if I could even get a fraction of that close rate bump, I, you know, my ROI is huge. And so companies, I think, are, are looking at, hey, what is the metaverse? How does that work for me? And I think there'll be more and more applications where it's, it is more of a hybrid reality. You know, we don't need to fly across the country to have that initial site visit. Maybe those types of things happen earlier in the, in the um, sales process. On the training side, maybe we don't need to have two sales kickoffs and spend $300,000, a million dollars, you know, a year to do that. So or how do we, you know, how do we balance the two? So in my mind, that keeps going. I think there, there's a big future um, and a bit, lot of investment in the AR, VR side. You know, you may not be wearing the big VR goggles, but you might have some Ray-Bans with the technology that kind of start getting us closer there. I know Facebook's got a, a, a big investment there with Ray-Ban as well. Um, so so that's it's not going away. And, and the biggest thing, if I had a takeaway with companies, is you're never going back to... 100% in the office, even if you require it with your staff, your customers probably aren't. So you really need to think about ways that that you can access your data, you can uh, differentiate with your products, and that you can engage your distributed customers and workforce. And, and so it's a challenge we're working on as well as many others, uh, but it's it's definitely a challenge that's not going away. Right. I've been trying to, the whole time that we've been talking how you two guys can get together somehow. Okay. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, no, I appreciate I appreciate the comments for, from, 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 from both of you. Now, just last thing, uh, how do you look at the Asia market, Alec? Uh, just if you've got any sort of initial thoughts on, on, on Asia Pacific, because obviously that's certainly what we specialize in and what the, the conference is, is geared towards. So I'd be interested in how you look at the market out here. Uh, absolutely. In, in many ways, the market is similar to the, uh, you know, our customers in Asia, you know, in Hong Kong and Japan are similar uh, to our customers globally. They need to understand uh, their business better, communicate, you know, internally better and definitely communicate externally better to their to their owners and passengers. And global aviation is, is a global business. And from that, pers that perspective, we've seen the same challenges in every part of the world. And Asia is certainly no different. I mean, there are many, there are many unique systems. There's unique languages. I mean, yeah. there's definitely those uh, those types of uh, challenges that we come up with come up against all over the world. But um, in terms of basic needs, they're the same. And I guess from for you, Mike, maybe it's a little early for the question, um, but likewise, I, if, if you step back, how do you? And maybe. Uh, I imagine as a startup, maybe you have to prioritize and look, go to other areas first, uh, but how do you perceive the Asia market? So my observations and kind of my notes uh, around the Asia market is that from what I've seen, uh, tech uh, companies in this, in this space are much more kind of tech forward and open to new technologies. I've seen uh, the, the Asia market tends to um, adopt, adopt new technologies well. And so uh, I don't know if you noticed, but everybody is 
hit the ground running in the platform. There were, you know, not a lot of issues there. Um, but travel's difficult in, in the Asian market, especially today. And, and, you know, every flight's an international flight. And so for applications like ours, there is, there is a real ROI there. And I think there's a real benefit. Um, it's not like somewhere where you're just hopping in the car and driving to your next, you know, your next appointment. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot more international yes. business happening. So, yeah. so it's a very, I think it's a very hot market and I think it's going to continue to grow over the coming years. All right. Well, uh, thank you both. Uh, we're all we're almost at the the witching hour, if you will, of midnight, which is uh, where we'll call it call it the, the end of uh, day three. So, Alika, thank you for joining us early on the West Coast, I believe, and likewise, uh, Mike from the East Coast, so a little bit better. All right. Thank you both. Thank you both. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us this week on Asian Skycast. Make sure to visit our website. Asian Sky Media, where you can subscribe to the show on your phone or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show.